Every day, thousands of hackers try to steal your crypto. But Arculus uses air-gapped technology by forming a protective barrier that insulates you from hackers and secures your crypto. Order yours at GetArculus.com. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101. Is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on cranberry.fm. Episode number 300. Yay! Ah, the crowd roars. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co host is Jennifer Cario, the president and purveyor of Big Ideas at Sugar Spun Marketing. How are you doing today, Jen- Jennifer? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Ross? Good. Yeah, good, good, good. Busy. It's hot as heck here, which is pretty rare. Um, you know, some people don't like talking about the. Uh, uh, you know, weather and stuff, but yeah, poo on those guys. It really, it's, it's, it's just that kind of year. Hot as hell. I don't hell. know. We, we had fabulous thunderstorms come rolling through here. So, you know, you, you keep your heat. I'll keep my thunderstorms. Oh, see, I want the thunderstorms. Although I we can't have right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's, you know, there's destruction that comes with that. I just let the dogs out not too long ago and the, and the, uh, like the screen that goes around my pop-up camper is not attached to my pop-up camper anymore and is somewhere in the middle of the yard. So apparently, you know, big thunderstorms. I, I work in the Gosh. basement, so you know what do I know? So maybe be be happy for your heat. That's true, and, and I saw your your tent came right yeah, down. Yes, so we had yeah we had a whole tent fiasco last week from the rain. So you know we're we're knocking out our camping supplies one by one here. So again, maybe the heat's not so bad. That's true. Hey, hey Russ, sorry I'm late, man. What's what's going on? I, I hear somebody else. What's happening here? Who, who is this? Ro- who who is that, Ross? What's going on, no. Ross? Come on, no. man. We're gonna gonna start the show soon. What? Uh, Brasco, uh, what, what's going on, uh, guys? <laughs> yeah, anyway. Ross, seriously. Oh well, um, we'll just ignore uh, him. Um, don't ignore <laughs> me. You want to you want to explain this, Ross? I mean, like, I, I know I was I took like a little bit of a break, but I come back and who is this guy? Just a, a, yeah, the, the, the voice sounds familiar to me, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it should be. I'm the co-host of SEO 101. I have been from the start. I don't know what you're uh, talking about. I'm the co-host of SEO 101. I have been a- since Jennifer Laycock. She was Laycock. She got married, but <laughs> she's been gone for a while. She got out of the industry. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I'm back with a safe, search-friendly last name now. So you know, Jennifer <laughs> yeah. here in the mix. You can Google me now, and and it's okay. You don't have to worry about what your children might see. <laughs> nice. uh, and you were on the very first episode. So, listeners, this is. Uh, what was Jennifer Laycock? She was my co-host for the first episode we ever did of SEO 101. There was an SEO 101 before us, but eh, whatever. This is the, the main SEO 101. <laughs> the real, real one. The, the real SEO one. Yes. And uh, I went through a couple other hosts afterwards, but settled on happily Johnny. And uh, Settled on. Yeah, okay. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd fight back on that one, John. Yeah. <laughs> I did add happily to try and okay. Yeah. You tried to cover. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so yes, Jennifer, you left the industry pretty much. I mean, you are in the industry of sorts. Uh, you're certainly in the marketing. Um, so what what are you doing these days for Sugar Spun? Well, you know, I'm I'm laughing as as we were talking pre-show. You know, I I kind of left the SEO world back in 2008, 2009 because it moved from that place where it was all about you know sort of 
the content and, you know, the writing and everything else. And it got so into the algorithms and so into sort of the math and science behind it. And I'm, I'm a creative person. I'm an ideas person and I'm a relational person. So I was like, this just isn't working for me anymore. And I segued over into sort of the social media influencer outreach space. And, you know, I'm, I'm laughing because here I was, what, you know, eight, nine years ago, bailing out of the SEO industry because algorithms algorithms were kicking in. And what has Facebook and Twitter and Instagram <laughs> and Pinterest done to us? Now I'm sitting here putting together articles and slide decks and strategies based around algorithms all over again. So Brushing you know. up that math. Uh, yeah, go. exactly. Okay. Irony. It, it all comes back around to you. Although I am living proof that you can do this, stay in this industry and not have a hope in hell with math. I just try and avoid anything that discusses it. <laughs> Jeez. That's why you host a show called SEO 101. Yes. yes. <laughs> no, it was 200 or 202 or 30. Oh my God, there's no way. <laughs> I'll leave it to Stefan Spencer and those guys. All right. That, yeah, that's fair. Stay, stay with 101. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, and, and honestly, it, it's funny to me because for a show that I used to host with you, I could pretty much be one of your listeners now. You know, I'm scrolling through, catching up a little bit, listening to some of your previous shows. And I was like, wow, this is really good information. I didn't know some of this stuff because, again, I don't do anything on the SEO side. The clients we work with have SEO companies. So it's like, oh, the irony of, of coming from being one of the hosts to now being within the target audience and saying, man, a, a lot's changed. It's kind of cool you guys are still doing this so people can keep up with what the changes are well you'll you'll have to come up with a question for our, our listener questions section when we do later on in the show oh, so we can act, get yeah. one live i'll be thinking yes yeah. gives her a chance to give us a zinger yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's something to note there uh we were looking at the google plus our google plus community uh which you can find by searching seo 101 on uh, google is looking a little plain jane right now it's like Google did the clearing house or something. I've only seen there's, two posts. Yeah, there's uh, something John wrong with more that, for that, sure. But. Yeah, but you, I see like three or four, and then all the ones, the rest of them are the ones that I posted. So there's something going on with the community. Hopefully, it's just a bug, and they'll get it fixed soon. You know, only SEOs and Google employees consider Google Plus to be social media, right? <laughs> <laughs> photographers do. Don't do photographers yes. still like it? Yeah, but photographers still use Flickr, so. You know, oh, I'm not geez. sure. Hey, that's if, if that's your defense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to last long, is it? Uh, anyway, yeah. um, yes. Well, the, the the community is awesome. My God, it's fantastic. It's one of the few things they did right. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I guess that really doesn't spin too much into your world of, of content strategy and stuff. Are eh? you using the communities at Google? No, not because again, most of the most of the clients that I work with, and you know, most of the projects we're working on don't necessarily fall within sort of that that tech sector. You know, the more the the user base that's still there and really utilizing, you know, Google Plus as a community. It, honestly, it's a lot of people within you know our industry, the search industry, kind of the tech sector. So I don't run into it as much on the B two C side or a lot of the B two B fronts that I'm working with companies on. You know, usually we're we're reproducing that community side on you know something like Facebook groups or you know within maybe independent discussion forums or other areas. Again, I'm I'm not knocking you know Google other than I still come back to Google's never really yeah. successfully created, launched, and maintained a social channel. You can't really count YouTube. It existed before they bought it. So, you know, I've always been kind of skeptical on the on the Google side. You can count the maintained part, can't you? Well, yeah, I, okay. I, I guess a little bit, but you know, if you if you buy the Yankees and they keep winning, is is it really because you did something right or did you just make a smart purchase? True, true. 
Uh, I'm I'm from Pittsburgh. I said that all wrong. I'm so sorry. If you buy the Pittsburgh Penguins or the Steelers and they keep winning, can you, you really go. say that you're the one who did it, or did you just make a good purchase? But do they win? Well, sure. Okay, good. <laughs> it's college football uh, season. That's well, the only sport uh, yeah. on my mind right And it now. hasn't exactly yeah. stayed the same, too, with Google+. Plus. That is, uh, it hasn't changed. It's changed a ton. It's been right. <clears throat> sort of maintained. Yeah, and even the communities themselves, there's some communities like ours that are really clean, really good. But if you go to some of those bigger communities with 100,000 plus members, it's nothing but spam. It really right. is. Right. I'm actually part of the interior design community. Uh, one of the moderators, I think I'm still a moderator. It's been so long since I've been there. I mean, used to be a big uh, focus of mine. Uh, wonderful people there. But I think they're actually, got to look, how many people, members do they have? It is humming. Interior design community, 92,520 members. Like lots of active posting and stuff too, really? And tons, tons. Wow. Was, when I started, it was 8,000. Okay. Is, is their community working or is theirs broken too? <laughs> it actually looks like it is taking a long time to load, but no, it seems okay. But then again, who knows how many was there before? Um, right. I hope they, yeah, I... Maybe we'll hope we don't have to. Uh, we don't have to touch uh, tag uh, good old Mark Taylor and go. What do you do, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mark helps run our our, our community. He's amazing, and uh, I don't know. Hopefully, he didn't press a big red button. It's, it's, it is still there. That's good. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> so it, I guess let's. We didn't really. We kind of introduced you, Jen, but tell us a little bit about you know how you started in the in this industry. How long you've been at it? Give us a little rundown. Oh, you know, I I had one of those realizations just in the last couple of weeks that I'm getting old. And, you know, I'm only 40, so I'm really not old. But, you know, when we think about how long all of us have been doing this, like, wow, I think it was 2002 or 2003. I was actually working as a sort of a e-commerce, you know, site manager, developer in-house somewhere. And that's when I stumbled on the SEO stuff. And it was back in the days when, geez, Webmaster World had just launched. You remember the Gym World forums were, oh, yeah. you know, kind of one of the first ones. And so I, do you remember I Help You forums? Yeah, that's where, they, I, got, that's where yep. I got my start. Yep, I helped and create a site and kind of all yep. those original original communities. So I actually was really involved at the Gym World forums and was actually administrator there for a couple of years. And then when Let's see, I'll, I'll really date myself. When Chris Sherman left about.com is the web search guide to join Danny Sullivan over at, was it Search Engine Watch? Yeah, Search Engine Watch then. Um, I actually took over his post at about and wrote on web search for a couple of years. And that's, you know, that's when I kind of joined the, you know, the circuit, all the standard shows and stuff and did the SEO thing for, I guess, from 2002 or 2003 up until about. 2007 or eight. And that's when I started shifting over into the more social side of things. I mean, I was always yeah. more on the content development side than, mm. you know, the really hardcore algorithmic side, but I spent the last almost decade now, um, with market motive, although they were bought by simply learn. So now we're a simply learn company, um, still developing training materials, developing strategy for, you know, everyone from the biggies like Ford down to the little teeny tiny local shops, Mostly nice. doing social media strategy, doing, you know, content marketing plans, you know, some email marketing, outreach, things like that. Kind of a 
mixed bag of anything that keeps me away from the SEO side of things, to be honest. <laughs> you, you mentioned doing the different conferences. I don't know if you know this, but the very first presentation I ever gave at any conference in 2006, you were the moderator of the panel that I was on. It was my very really? first one. Yep. Was that uh, that small I, business panel in Chicago? Uh, yep, I believe it was. And Matt McGee was on the same yes, panel. Matt, yep, it, Matt McGee was on that panel. Okay, it, was his, it was his very first presentation, too. Yes, I remember I got him on that panel. Yeah. I didn't know you or I would have helped you get on the panel too. But <laughs> yeah, so that that again, it oh, it dates us. We're we're so old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, you well, are, I, we're already moderating, so that must mean you're older than me. Right. <laughs> maybe not maybe you're, I was just better. Or cuter. John, we'll go John, with cute. You, you started when? 96? 96, I started doing web development and marketing stuff, but really you know, the whole SEO thing just kind of came naturally out of that. So there's no real date when you can say when you started doing SEO, but the right, web yeah. development and the marketing online stuff, that was like 96-ish. Yeah, and I started a step forth in 97 doing develop website management, I called it. Um, and that sort of, again, like you said, it sort of just morphed into we'll it. See. So. Ross, that's how I know you're older than me because in 19, well, I started in 95 or 96 building out web pages, but that's how I paid my way through college. So <laughs> I was still in college in 95. Yeah, hey, I'm my... only 41. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Then you, you were apparently just more entrepreneurial than me. Instead of going to work for people like I did, you just launched your own. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I didn't do any university. I did a little college, yeah. like the, the, the fun adventure tourism program where I got to go and just go heli skiing for credits. Yes. I got, I got a def, decade of life experience on both of you. So I'm not talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's we've, we've mentioned it before in the show a few times. Yeah. Many times. <laughs> well, you know, let's take a quick break and when we come back, uh, let's just hammer some ideas through and talk about a bit about uh, social media and some of their algorithms. We'll be right back. SEO one Oh one. We'll be back right after recess. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, 
So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm. Hosted by, yes, John Karka, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. And we're joined today by our, well, my first co-host, Jennifer Cario. I always always say your, your original name. <laughs> the president it's funnier. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> purveyor of big ideas at Sugar Spun Marketing. Yeah, it, well, you know, I was too nice. I didn't, I didn't make funny, but I, I bet Matt Billy did have a good time. You mentioned that he he loved teasing. He's got a quick wet, eh? You know, I'll tell you that uh, there was a about a six month span when I first moved up to Canton that I actually worked with Matt at Site Logic for a couple months. And when we were getting ready for me to make the transition up there, I called and he had a new secretary. And when you know, she answered, you know, I asked for Matt. She's like, who's calling? And I told her Jennifer Laycock. And there's this big, long gap before Matt comes on the phone. And when he came on, he is laughing hysterically. And I was like, what did you do to that poor girl? And apparently when she called through and she said who was calling, he was like, no, seriously, who's calling? No. That's just a made-up name. And, like, he had her going that she thought someone was pranking her. And then he was finally like, no, seriously, that's my friend. Just put her through. I'm like, you're so mean. That's awesome. And we were we're actually at SES San Jose, I think, that same year. And there was, I don't know if you remember, Yahoo threw a party at the Science Center. And they had this robot that you could type stuff in and it would go find the alphabet blocks and it would like line up the blocks to spell out messages. And so Matt, Matt typed my name in and it not only wouldn't do it because it flagged, you know, for a dirty word, but the little robot arm actually turned around and wagged its finger at him. (laughs) And I was like, seriously, that's my name. Oh, that is something I wish was on video. Oh, yeah, it was it was amusing. The state of Ohio wouldn't let me have a license plate with my last name either, just for the record. <laughs> so I was not sad to leave that one behind. <laughs> uh, I, I do have the license plate with SEO on it. I have OH space SEO on my my car right now. See that, but probably the, the S&M wouldn't work so well. So, you know, yeah, good SEO and not social media. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's why there's that all-important extra M for social media marketing. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so tell us, so you know, which of all of you know you're working on a lot of social networks, uh, which of them are the most interest have the most interesting algorithms? Which would you like to talk about? Oh, you know, I I think Facebook probably has the most misunderstood, but I think Pinterest actually, I've I was actually putting together some content just this week on the Pinterest smart feed. And it's interesting to me just the, how many layers the Pinterest one has. So, you know, I guess if we were picking one to kind of go through and talk about, that's probably the one that's a little bit lesser known as well. So I could, I kind of walk you through that one if you sure. want. That's great. Okay. So, so Pinterest a lot like Twitter was, you know, it was kind of whatever went out, it just went, you know, in the, the order that it got pinned and whenever you logged in, you know, you got sort of a chronological version of what everyone had penned. Now, for anyone who uses Pinterest, it quickly became apparent what the downfall of that was. You know, if you've got 
that friend that's, you know, planning their wedding, you're going to log in and you're going to get 753 mason jar, you know, barn wedding pictures in a row. Or you might get, you know, if, you know, Melissa down in Florida is, you know, working on a new room in her house, you're going to get like 27 couches all pinned at the same time. And clearly that that didn't work so well because that's not what people want to see when they log into Pinterest. So what Pinterest did is they've actually expanded over time that you're not just seeing the content from the people that you follow. They're actually pulling content from three different pools. So one of them is from the people that you have gone in and said, you know, I want to either follow this user or I want to follow a specific board. They call that sort of the following pool. Then they've got this whole other set of content that is actually pulled in based off of the websites you visit, the content that you engage with, you know, the same way that, um, you know, Facebook will kind of track where you go around the web as long as you've got that feature turned on and, you know, they'll try and serve up content related to that. Pinterest is doing that same thing. Mm -hmm. So they've got this whole pool of what they call related pins that, you know, they figure there's a high chance you're interested in, but they're not coming from anyone you've engaged with. So that's kind of the second pool of content. And then the third pool of content is now on Pinterest, you can actually sort of subscribe to topics or ideas, you know, so for me, it might be, you know, homesteading or backyard chickens or, you know, stupid gluten-free baked goods because I can't <laughs> eat the real stuff anymore. So from that front, Pinterest is going to refer to that as the interest pin. So it's sort of topical segmentation. So what Pinterest does is it takes the pins from each of those three sections and it feeds them into something that's called the Pinterest smart feed worker. And the goal here is that that smart feed worker works in the same way that we sort of traditionally think of an algorithm. That's where going, they're going to look at things like, you know, who's the person doing the pinning? Um, what's the sort of quality score of the ultimate, you know, URL that you're going to end up at? What's the overall quality of the pin? Does it have, you know, text with it? You know, is it a nice image that's associated with it? And from that, it's going to sort of pull some out and say, here's sort of how I want to rank each of them within each of the three groups. And this this algorithmic like function is still happening in three separate vertical funnels. You know, everything isn't mixed together yet. So once they've done that, then that's where they actually start to put together what Pinterest refers to as feed chunks. So think of the feed chunk as like a page of search results. You know, so on Google, you're going to get, you know, that top 10 listing with maybe some of the, you know, supplemental videos or whatever else thrown in. So like that's sort of Google's version of a Pinterest feed chunk. So what Pinterest is going to do at that point is that's where they're going to sort of figure out how many they want to pull from each of those funnels. You know, it, it's not always even. It might be your following pool has a bunch of stuff they know you're going to be interested in right now. So maybe it's 60% of that and 20% from related and 20% from interest. And they're going to mix it all into this thing called a feed chunk. And you would think they would stop there and it would probably make sense if they did, but mm -hmm. they don't. So then there's this whole extra level that's called the smart feed service. And this is kind of that fact where, you know, the, the ongoing updates that we see happening on social media, that's where some of that changes from what we might see on something like a Google search is if I go to Google and I run a search for something, you know, I'm going to get my, my set of listings. And if I come back and run that search a week later, I'm probably going to get a pretty similar set. You know, there might be a little bit of change, but it's going to stay fairly stagnant. On the Pinterest side of things, clearly every time I log into Pinterest, I want to see different stuff, right? So what they're going to do is once they put it in a feed chunk and it shows up for me, 
based on how it was rated, each time I come back, they're now going to mix a new feed chunk in with my previously viewed content. And now I get a mishmash of the two. Hmm. So it's trying to unpack it and trying to figure out how to reverse engineer it is to be honest, really, really, really difficult. That's where a lot of times on social now we come down to, okay, here's how we create just the best quality pin or, you know, here's sort of your best practices of what to do. We can't engineer it the same way you can kind of on the SEO side of things. But it's just interesting to me to see how some of these different social channels are taking, you know, what I remember, you know, from way back in the day on the on the search side of things and using that to try and improve the user experience instead of just, again, giving us that chronological data. Do you so there see you them go. Making... education on Pinterest. <laughs> Yeah, that's wow. So did uh, Pinterest, you know, did they make a lot of the same mistakes that search engines did when they first started with their algorithms? There were some amazing ones back then. Oh my gosh, yes. They, oh, I will never forget when I was writing the, the book, Pinterest Marketing, an hour a day, and I was writing about the search section, and it was still in the early days of Pinterest. The <laughs> screenshots for it were hysterical because you'd run a search, and I'd run a search for like uh, Bento. You know, you, you, you're friends with me on Facebook. You've seen the cute little, you know, food boxes and stuff. Oh, so adorable. Yeah. So I'd, I'd run a search for Bento and you'd get a whole page of, you know, Pinterest boards that were named Bento, 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 <laughs> because you could literally just keyword stuff your way into the rankings. Nice. <laughs> oh, you gotta be kidding me. So, you know, there's, there's things like that, that yeah, clearly that was an algorithmic issue early on. <laughs> Is there a, a Pinterest version of page rank? Do they do anything like just give you the here's a signal you should pay attention to and then just totally blow up their own their own industry? No, not <laughs> not any not anything that they make publicly available, but I want to think that anyone who's ever launched an algorithm ever learned that lesson and said we're not gonna do that. <laughs> Google. <laughs> yes. So if they have it, they don't show it to us and we don't know it exists. Good, good. So, so for our listeners, because we're trying to get into this because they want to hear SEO stuff, I really want to try to connect what Jennifer's talking about to what to, to our normal conversations around SEO. And, and Ross, you know, I have this crusade against the phrase content is king, right? I really, really can't stand the phrase content is king. And it's because content is core to what we do. Every business has the same goal online. It's to, it's to try to get their content found by potential customers, right? And what Jennifer's telling us about the algorithms in the social side is really connecting to me as far as the algorithms that we deal with and the SEO side. And I think there's going to be a real merger around that at some point. So you have that, that layer of optimization around your content and you have that layer of socialization around the content which realistically has the same goal. It's trying to get that content found um, by potential customers. So I really think this is an interesting conversation for us. Well, and, you know, John, to, to kind of segue off of that, if if you're familiar with, you know, a site like Pinterest in particular, you know, it's it's not really a, we call it a top tier social network. It really kind of, you know, sits on that, that second level because user base wise, it just doesn't come close to the others. But when we look at something like Pinterest and I look at how their search has refined over the years, it's one of those things that I'm always interested from an industry perspective and in seeing how what's happening on a social channel then impacts other areas. So a quick example of that, you know, Pinterest gave us the 
ability to segment content to followers. So like on, on Facebook, when we look at the algorithm there, the big issue is you have to make sure you're sort of playing to the common denominator, right? Because you have to make sure that everything you put out is going to get a really good response. Otherwise, you know, you're going to take a ding in the newsfeed algorithm. You're going to go down a little bit. So you have to make sure that you're, you're putting out broad kind of topics. Now, what Pinterest did is because people could follow a board rather than an account, that basically gave brands the ability to dive as deep as they possibly wanted to on a particular topic without worrying about isolating people. So four or five years ago, you know, when this was happening, I'm going, okay, it's segmentation. We need to see more segmentation in social. And we've seen Facebook in the last year or two come out with this you know, free audience optimization tool that isn't even tied to advertising and that half the people I talk to still don't even know exists, that when you're putting your posts together, you can actually say when you're just putting a post out on your newsfeed, you can do demographic targeting, you know, male, female, geographic, topical, interest-based, and it's going to prioritize showing the content to those people. So it's sort of Facebook's way of adapting to some of the segmentation. Now, on the search side, if we want to tie it back to SEO, what I find really interesting is I look at the search results on Google versus looking at the search results for something like on Pinterest is the interface that you get. Because personally, if it comes to anything visual, if I'm looking for a recipe, for some type of solution you know, for my house, anything design-wise, Google's not my starting point. In fact, I can't even tell you how many days I go now without stopping at Google, period, because I can run my searches other places. I go to Pinterest because when I run my search, not only am I going to have a visual interface that I can scroll to through, and we all know you can digest content so much quicker when you're getting it in a visual format, but I'm also getting that social proofing attached because I can see how many people have pinned it. Now they've added a recommendation feature so I can see how many people have tried it and if they've liked it or not. And then at the very top of the screen, they let me refine everything. So if I type in, like right now while I'm talking to you, if I type in blackberries and run a search on Pinterest, Pinterest is going to give me one-click access to say, do I want blackberry recipes, blackberry pie, blackberry cobbler, blackberry preserves? It It's anticipating even more so than what that Google autofill-in does. And I think we're going to see that port over at some point. So, so there's an interesting question because you said Blackberries, and I thought, okay, she's looking up the phone. Nope. Do the social <laughs> are the social networks going to get to that point where they do any of that personalization piece? Because you would think that the social network networks would actually have a much better view into that personalization of content than even the search engines would. I don't well, see a single tech product. So there you go in that yeah, search. You, yeah. <laughs> Hold on, you you made me. Re- yeah, even if I type whether I type Blackberry or Blackberries, I'm getting. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting recipes on Pinterest, but remember, Pinterest also knows what I like. I don't think I've ever pinned a picture of a phone in my life, but I have loads and loads of recipes. So, 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 you, so it is doing that personalization piece. No, yeah, well, maybe in this case, I actually don't see a single one either, and I don't use Pinterest really. So maybe yeah, it's just I a would, lack of them. I, I would think it's probably well. Do do they still make blackberries? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I'm not They're trying to be a smart up. I'm just trying to think of the last time I saw somebody using a BlackBerry. So, BlackBerry you know. phone. If you type that in, you find it. <laughs> you have to be pretty, okay. pretty specific. All right. So <laughs> you have to be more specific. But, but if you if you think about data, you know, when I look at 
When I look at Google and all the data they have and how they can personalize search results, when I look at Facebook, when I look at Pinterest, to me, those are the three properties online that really, whichever the first two to partner together, they're going to win the personalization war in terms of advertising because Facebook is, they know everything about who you're connected to and where you're going and what you're interacting with, right? Google can track, well, let's be honest, your whole life. So, you know, Google has loads of information, but what Pinterest has is Pinterest has the depth and expanse of your interests and your passion. Because again, did I pin one BlackBerry recipe or did I pin 400 BlackBerry recipes? That tells you something about how interested in and committed and even timing wise, you know, can they track the cycles? Is there a certain time of year that, oh, surprise, I'm searching for zucchini because there's zucchinis in my, you know, that's what's showing up in my garden. So to me, I'm really interested to see is Facebook or Google, which is going to be the first one to come up with some type of partnership with Pinterest to pull that data in because it's a very different level of social graph and, you know, just insight than what you're getting from those other two primary channels that most people think of when they look on the personalization and advertising. So, so think answer this because because one of the things I've always thought is a is a limitation of Pinterest is that it really only deals with something that has imagery available to it. So you Mm -hmm. really can't talk about politics very easily. You really can't talk about other things that aren't specific to having a visual element to them, right? So there's a whole big segment of topics and interests and things tied to people that it's going to be really hard for them to cover. Memes can do some of that if there's boards on memes and stuff, but that's not nearly as prevalent as the other types of stuff happening on those networks. How are they going to deal with that aspect of it? So do photographs and infographics, like constant contacts, they do a fantastic job on Pinterest with, if you go and you, you actually run a search to see what's been pinned from constant contact, they make Mm -hmm. so much visual data representation to go along with their articles that there's no shortage of stuff that people can save to refer back to. So even on, you know, the political side, yeah, it, I mean, yeah, memes play in heavily, but a lot of times it's, it's just, you know, a photograph that's relevant to it. Mm-hmm. Or remember, you can pin videos. So people mm-hmm. are also pinning, you know, news clips and sound bites and different things. Now, again, it because of where it started, you know, any anything that starts with, you know, let's be honest, Midwestern, you know, housewives, and I'm not saying that to put them down. I'm a, you know, Midwestern stay-at-home wife. So I fit into that demographic. But anytime you start there, you have recipes and home design, it lends itself naturally to this particular environment. But the reality is if you think about how we save and archive data, that's the thing that, you know, Google attempted to do with, oh, what was it? We we were talking earlier, I think in pre-show about, you know, my my opinion on Google when it comes to anything social. But was it was it Pulse Wave? What social or Google had something wave. that was like a wave, wave that was like a social bookmarking tool. Remember, yeah. and it was going to solve all our problems of how you saved content, and it sucked. It just did. But well, just so you know, they just recently added into the search engine results. You can save things now from the results page. It's it's just in beta right now. They've just seen tests of it happening, but people, they're, Google's thinking about going back to something like that. So when you okay, out of curiosity, so now. There, I got questions for you. So when you save it, are you saving it with a visual image or are you saving it the way you used to bookmark things or, you know, like an Internet Explorer? 
Good, good question. I have not seen the test myself. I've just read Likewise. brief things about it. That's a, that's a great question. It'll be interesting to see how that happens, if it ever becomes a thing at Google, right? They test tons of stuff. First well, Wave if, was used to make Google Docs and all that stuff, too. A lot of the same functionality, because you could write at the same time, all that kind of stuff, too. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So if if Google's testing it, honestly, my my expectation would be if Google's testing, you know, save this result, the smart thing for them to do, they don't have to use the same format as Pinterest, but making sure there's some something visual with it, because that's the thing that makes Pinterest so handy. I use it for my infographic research. We use it when mm -hmm. we're doing, you know, content research, putting together, you know, new gathering ideas to put together eBooks or whatever, because visually you can get through it so much faster. And so if, if Google would embrace that, I know there's plenty of people in the world that would use that. And of course that then comes into search results. Okay. The, what, so the more you get saved, does that influence what your search ranking is going to be down the road? But I think yeah. they've got to have a visual tie-in for it to make it easy for people to use and bring them back in. Well, well, the interesting thing is, if, if you look at social networks, there's there's a couple of different things. Like Pinterest, to me, as a, as a social network, fits into the, fits into the category of collections, right? I'm collecting right. things. I'm collecting yeah. data for infographic. I'm collecting yeah. ideas for my wedding and recipes. Facebook falls more into, I think, the conversation side of social social, and that's what Google's failed spectacularly at is the the conversation piece of social. I don't know if they've ever really tried the collection side before. Well, let's uh, take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll continue that discussion because we've been talking a lot, but it's good stuff. <laughs> it's good stuff. <laughs> we'll be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Looking for a white label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Circle. Okay, class, 
Take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back, back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. We're joined today by Jennifer Cairo. Cario, sorry. <laughs> uh, who was my, my, <laughs> my host on the... Uh, co-host in the very first episode of SEO 101. So you guys, uh, go back at it. I was just listening intently. Those little, <laughs> you guys nerding out. I love it. Go maybe, maybe, yeah, you, this... maybe, maybe you and I ought to do a show, Jennifer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we could do we could do social media 101. Yeah, but go. this this is fascinating to me because I I hadn't read anything yet about Google testing that. And again, like I you know like I said, watching watching that segmentation you know, side of things getting introduced again, Pinterest is, you know, we spend a fraction of our time there marketing wise, but to me, it's a fascinating environment because there are so many things that I think they're doing really well. And so when I saw segmentation kind of start to show up a little more on the Facebook side and even, you know, like with Twitter bringing in Twitter moments and letting people start to curate their own Twitter moments. Like, okay, so we've got some segmentation going on. This is really, really cool. So now I'm kind of fascinated to, because I've been waiting to see when it's going to pass back over Mm -hmm. to the search side. And, you know, there has been so much debate over how to social impact search and vice versa. But this could be really cool. Yeah, and, and until we started having this conversation just now, my original thought is why they were doing this save is really was tied to the mobile thing because everything Google does nowadays is tied to mobile. And okay. I'm thinking, okay, they're letting people save because then on a mobile device, it'll be easier and quicker to be able to get to some content they they want to go back to, right. which made sense to me. But it, it would be interesting if they took that a lot further and, and tried to start making doing this collection piece. I don't know. I personally don't think they will. But but uh, it, it's a, it is a really interesting concept to see where these things are going to merge. Um, you, you were saying it's already merging. The searches uh, on the social networks are getting better and better. Um, Facebook excluded, of course. Their search yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah, Facebook search awful. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> But but it, it, it's going to be interesting to see some of the stuff that the social networks are doing in search that that are doing well that Google starts adopting. Right. Uh, it's going to be very. It's going to be a very. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't need to. I don't to use exciting. That's too, too cliche. But it's, I'm really interested in what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so here's here's a question for you on the on the Google front because I don't know the answer to this. So, can you purposefully geographically restrict a search on Google? Uh, yeah, or I guess you can. You well, can, but it's couldn't do for a while. Yeah, it's, you can, but it's harder than it used to be. You have to yeah. know how to append the URL to tell it what location you're searching from. Okay. And you used to be able to just go in and pick a city and say, I'm searching from here, but they don't allow you to do that anymore. Okay. Yeah, because that was too convenient. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, because that's one where I think, okay, Twitter advanced search feature, you know, what do I use in that? And why do I find that to be so valuable? Well, because I love that I can geographically restrict. I only want results from within, you know, 20 miles of the certain location. And it's, you're, you're Google. You're telling me you can't. Fi- and I get some of that's hard because, you know, content's universal. Real, you know, content isn't really tied to a specific location. So I get that that becomes a lot more difficult to try and work out. But, you know, yeah. again, I'm, I'm spoiled by my, 
you know, yes. experience well, in social. Well, I like how well, I can we, refine searches. You have to think of economies of scale too, because if you think about it, Google's providing you know four billion search results a day, right. and you know for them every little feature they add and subtract is going to really put overhead on their system somehow. They've got they've got the budget to address it, but they you know they can build another you know data center somewhere and do it. But do they want to, or, or is is well, that their top priority? Well, what right. percentage of people care? Yeah, exactly. Well, and the simple fact is that the simple fact that you can still edit the URL and make locality happen shows right. that it's still there. They just decided not to make it easy to use. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Probably a reason for that. So I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm at a loss there. Can you guys hear me still? Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I looked at that and I was like, oh, what did I say? <laughs> we're, we're off planning our own podcast. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, you know what? We're, we, we got to tie up the show here. Although we could talk forever about this stuff. It's fascinating. And I'd love to learn about the other uh, uh, algorithms as well. But we have a couple of questions from the community. Um, so the first one comes from Rick Young. Now, these, these are ones we put down before uh, all of a sudden things just sort of disappeared on our community. So thank goodness we have a, a copy. Um, Rick asks, what does everyone use as a keyword rank checker? I've been using Microsite Masters for a number of years, but I'm thinking of a change. First of all, I don't even know what Microsite Masters is. Have you heard of never, it? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. I bet you missed this, Jen. <laughs> Not even a little. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you, so you, do you have any tools? And we're going to get back to the question, but the, what kind of tools do you do rank checking in the search and social? Do you, do you track where your, your clients' posts show up in search in social? Um, yes, but that's not my department. I have, oh, all right. I've got <laughs> analytics guys and SEO guys that look at that. So, you know, okay. I, I get feedback reports, but I don't. I have no idea what they use. <laughs> Just curious. Uh, so what are you using these days, Ross? We have a mix. Um, if we're doing local, uh, we use a mixture of Authority Labs and Bright Local. Um, actually, I, I, most of our, our reports are from Authority Labs if it's just a standard organic uh, tracking. But yeah, if, we, if we're going to do local, it's either a blend of Bright Local and Authority Labs or just Bright Local. Right. We, we are just finishing up building our own internal dashboard. We're launching it in about a week and a half, actually, a week from Monday. Um, uh, and we're pulling in data from SEMrush. So we're using ranking data from there. Um, but again, rankings, I just want to make sure we emphasize this. Rankings, <laughs> you kind of have to have them because clients expect to see them. But do not focus on rankings for results in SEO you know, look at what the goals of your client sites are. Find out what they're trying to achieve. Um, most likely, the best metric to show them if in a dashboard situation is going to be traffic. Or if you're sophisticated enough and your client is sophisticated enough, show them conversions that you can drive through organic search. Yes, that's, that's the, the dream. best way to go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Rick. It's a good question. Uh, I know we've, we've had it before, but it's one of those things that can change so often. So uh, hopefully that helps you out. Again, I I'm, I'm, uh, might not have to take a second and check out Microsite Masters. I've never heard of it. Although yeah, it does you, sound rather I'll, dated since Microsite's I'll, exactly. I'll, I'll let you do that. You tell me how that goes, Ross. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah microsites aren't exactly a good thing these days. I guess it depends on the industry, but I wouldn't recommend them. So anyway, the next one is from our good old friend, Carl Bush. He's asked a few questions in the past. He says, I'm using Yoast SEO Premium for my site. I've checked on several sites about how my site is indexed. It is showing no index, no follow. When I disable the plugin and re-scrape it, it shows it can be index follow. 
When I have the plugin activated, I've confirmed on the page settings that it can be indexed, and even in the settings for the entire site, it can be indexed. Is there something else I'm missing in Yoast? Whoa. That sounds like a Yoast support question. I <laughs> it, it does. I mean, Yoast will give you a big red banner at the top of your admin page in the back of WordPress that says, you are not letting your site be indexed if it's if its feature that does that is turned on. It'll tell you right there. Oh, yeah. It, uh, yeah, so um, you have to purposely uh, remove it for to not say that. So exa exactly, and it sounds it, it sounds like you have some kind of bug. I would definitely when you say you've you've checked it, you disabled the plugin, and it shows it can be indexed. Did you run it through um, Search Console and crawl as Google both ways? I would check it both ways um, inside a Search Console. Don't just kind of rely on any other tool to tell you whether it's going to be indexed or not. Yeah. It, and well, the other tool I would try though is is Screaming Frog. Just use the basic tool, uh, the freebie, and and give you a run through when you disabled and enabled, and see what it is. Uh, where really what I'd be looking for is what is it that's being disabled and enabled? Is it simply the meta, no index, no follow? What is yeah. it that's happening? Uh, very very odd. And if you already have Screaming Frog. That's a good suggestion. Two things about that, though. One, they just raised the price dramatically. So if you don't yes. have it yet, it's gonna—it's almost twice as much as what it used to be. And second, Ross and I both hate the new interface. I'm just putting that out there. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Why did they go Java? Oh, I don't good know. It's Lord. horrible. <laughs> I was just I was so excited that Java was gonna be kind of going the way the Dodo at some point, but no. Now I have to worry about all the updates, all the security issues. Uh, yeah. Whining. But, and, and plus the Google Search Console check is free. Yes. <laughs> Although it does take time. I've actually, I've just completed a really interesting audit on job, uh, the job search, uh, not job search, I mean job XML sitemaps. Uh, because right now, of course, Google's job search engine has, has taken hold and I've got a few clients. Oh, it's that so that freaking broken though. It's so broken. Don't rely uh, on it at all yet. It's, it's in bad shape. Oh, we'll have to talk about that after because I've been going yeah. by what I have to go by, just the terms of that Google's been putting out there and then reviewing my clients. Well, yeah, we found by, issues, definite so issues. If, if you go by Google propaganda, it's kind of like believing Trump, right? Trump <laughs> files for Pete's sake. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, almost made it the whole way without going political. Yeah, I, I know. Almost, John almost. is not supposed to go there. We, we, we made that agreement. <laughs> I couldn't help it, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, anyway, got all out of space there. So, um, yeah, anyway, lots of interesting stuff going on these days. And, and job, uh, those job site maps are a little bit of an interesting beast, aren't they? They get oh, yeah. uh, configured right. So, well, Jen, did you have a question you'd like to ask? You already got us one in there that might have been the one you're going to put in the end. But Yeah, I, th I think that was the main question I had for you guys. So I was like, oh, does, does it do this? Does it do this? Yeah. I'm <laughs> No, no luck. No luck. All right. Well, if anyone wants a great content plan, Sugar Spun Marketing. It's at sugarspunmarketing.com, right? It sure is. Okay. And if they want to reach you by email, how can they do that if they'd like to? It's really tough. It's Jennifer at sugarspunmarketing.com. Oh, Perfect. <laughs> she, she left off the last name for the confusion <laughs> issues, right? So nobody confuses the old one and the new one. You know, I, I really thought when I went from Laycock to Cario, it would be good. But everybody, everybody, everybody still makes it Cario. So don't feel bad, Ross. I, <laughs> I did market motive webinars for eight years and it was still Cario for the entire time. I just gave up. <laughs> like, all right, whatever. Uh, well, I'm so glad you could make it on. It was last minute. It was really, really, really nice to have you back on the show. 
Thank it you. It was Def- fun. Thanks for having me. It was definitely nice to connect again, for sure. It's been way too long. Yes. Yeah. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing, John Carcutt, the director of SEO and social media for Advanced Local, and our wonderful friend and guest, Jennifer Cario. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, uh, if it's working, easily found by searching <laughs> SEO 101 on Google. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on cranberry.fm. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 